Well, turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Matthew chapter 20, uh, and we're going to read today's parable and then unpack its uh, meaning and application for our lives. Matthew chapter 20. Jesus is teaching. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Okay, so Jesus is giving us uh, some more insight into the nature of the kingdom of heaven, and in particular, the king. What's the king like? After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing, and he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. But when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge me my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. Let's pray. Lord, uh, through your word, open our hearts to your generosity to us and to the world around us. Uh, and may we, as a result of hearing your word preached, uh, love you more. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. There are three characters in this parable, and in order to unpack the parable, uh, I want to talk about what we, have, what we learn about each of these characters. The first character is the vineyard owner, and the second character are the partial day laborers, and the third character are those hired at the beginning of the day who work all day, the all-day laborers. So first off, what do we learn about the vineyard owner? He's generous. The vineyard owner is generous. That's what just jumps out uh, at us from this parable. And we see his generosity in a number of ways. Uh, first off, we see his generosity in the fact that he gives the partial day laborers a full day's wage. Now, in Israel, at this time, the typical working day was from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., a 12-hour day. Uh, and so the vineyard owner is in the marketplace at 6 a.m., and he hires the first group, 
And then he goes back and he hires a group at 9 a.m. And then he goes back and hires a group at noon. And he hires another group at 3 p.m. And then he finally he goes back and hires some more people at 5 p.m., one hour before closing time. And yet he hands all of them a full denarius, a full day's wage. Did he have to do that? <laughs> no way. Uh, if you read carefully, you'll see that the only group that he actually pre-agrees on a price with are the very beginning group, right? Everybody else, he simply says, uh, go into the vineyard, I'll pay you what is right. And that final group, he doesn't even say anything except you go into the vineyard too. So think about that last group. They're, they've been in the marketplace all day long, standing there for 11 hours just hoping somebody might hire them. That smacks of desperation, does it? They need somebody to hire them, and they've been passed over all day, but they haven't gone home because their need is so great. And so when a vineyard owner comes up to them and says, uh, I'll give you some work, do you think they're going to be haggling? They weren't haggling here, right? They didn't even ask, what are you going to pay me? They just were, oh, some work, and they go. And the earlier people, uh, they weren't in a position to uh, bargain either. They were willing to, to take just the vineyard say, owner saying, I'll pay you whatever is right. Do you think they expected a full denarius? No way. No way did they expect a full denarius. Not in their wildest dreams. And the vineyard owner did not have to pay them a full denarius. He could have paid them a lot less. And uh, nobody would have said boo about it. And so we see that this vineyard owner is just generous. In fact, he's not paying people what they deserve. He's paying people what they need. See, I think the vineyard owner gives those who work one hour a denarius because he knows people need a denarius to live. He's so generous, he, he puts people before profits, right? His generosity, uh, we, we kind of wonder whether he's really a good businessman. <laughs> I mean, how do you run a vineyard doing this? Well, did you, we also see his generosity in the fact that a denarius itself was a super generous wage. That's what a Roman soldier got at this time. A professional with a full-time job who worked for the empire. They got paid a denarius a day. But this group is standing in the parking lot of Home Depot, right? They're the, the, the temporary day laborer. Do, do they expect to be paid what a professional salaried person gets paid? No. And so for the vineyard owner to say to them, you know what, I'll pay you a denarius. Whoa, this is awesome. And so they agree. You bet. We'll go work for you. We also see the vineyard owner's generosity in this. Uh, why do you think the vineyard owner kept going back into the marketplace and hiring workers? Was he a really poor planner? So, you know, he hires the first group at 6 a.m., and then he's standing watching, and he's like, I think I need some more people. So he whips back, and he's like, okay, give me some more. And then a couple hours later, he's like, ah! 
I missed up. And he runs back to the marketplace. And do we really think that, you know, one hour before closing time, he's like, I still haven't gotten it right. And he runs back. Well, remember, this vineyard owner stands in the place of God. So I doubt Jesus is thinking that, uh, wanting us to think that God is a poor planner. Rather, I think he goes back to the, uh, to the marketplace and hires more people because he's generous. I mean, these, these, this last group, it's, it's, it's almost like I envision the vineyard owner. He's kind of back in the marketplace, and he sees some more people, and he's thinking, what are you doing? Uh, why are you here? And they say, well, nobody, nobody has hired us. Why are you idle? Well, we're not idle, idle because we're lazy. We're not idle because we, we don't want to work. Nobody's, nobody's picking us. All right, you too. Right? You see his generosity. I think he is employing people he probably doesn't even need. See, God does not need us. You know that? Uh, I, I try to remind myself this by thanking the Lord quite frequently for the privilege of serving his church. He doesn't, he doesn't need us to get out the gospel. He doesn't need us to win the world, but he chooses to employ us because it's good for us. He's not ever trying to use us in the way we uh, think of that. He, he always employs us because he cares of, for us and he knows that that's good for us. God is generous. I think that is the, the fundamental uh, takeaway of this parable. God is generous. If God were to be a human employer, this is the way he would operate. This is the way he would treat people. Second uh, group of the character, second character are the, the partial day laborers, those who were hired uh, after the workday had begun. And what do you think their attitude was to the vineyard owner? I think they thought, this guy is awesome. Uh, when, when they were handed a dinner, probably the first guy thought, or gal, I don't know, looked at it and thought, they made a mistake, but, uh, you know, <laughs> do I tell them? Hey, by the way, I have a denarius here. This is not my denarius. This is an actual Roman denarius, not mine. I was given it today to uh, show off. I'm going to pass it around. Don't take it. This denarius was, has a $150 price tag on the back, so... If it goes missing, <laughs> treasures in heaven are getting flushed down the toilet. I know that. <laughs> so the partial day laborers, uh, they feel like they have won the lottery. This is unbelievable. I am getting so much more than I deserve. The vineyard owner is generous. Who wants to work for him again? Right? Sign me up every day. This is great. He's taking care of me. He's giving me what I need, not what I deserve. And, and that's the way that we should feel toward God, isn't it? Uh, if we have an accurate perspective on our need and God's generosity, then we'll walk around with a sense of God is generous to me. I am getting so much more than I deserve. Praise God. And that, that is, that's good for our soul. 
most likely the partial day laborers were were not um, the best and the brightest and the strongest and the youngest and the best looking, right? Uh, they're the ones people have passed over. Now, it's possible they got there late uh, to the marketplace. Maybe that's why they were not hired till later. Uh, so maybe they weren't, you know, as hardworking. But most likely it's just because they weren't picked first. Nobody wanted them. And so that when we recognize our need, it, uh, it increases our appreciation for God's generosity. What did Jesus say? Those who are forgiven much, love much. When you recognize how much God has forgiven you, then you love God greatly. Well, then there's the third character, the third group, and those are the all-day laborers. And they were at the marketplace before 6 a.m. So these are eager beavers. They're willing to work hard. And they got picked first, so they're probably the uh, the strongest, the most capable. And I am sure that when they were hired, they, they had a, a, a modicum of appreciation for the vineyard owner. Hey, I'm glad, I'm glad he hired me, and, and, a, and a denarius is a significant wage. That's a generous wage. And I think that they were happy, probably quite thankful, all day long, up until pay time, uh, but they probably also thought to themselves, yeah, okay, the vineyard owner is, is being, you know, he's being generous, sure. But look what he's getting, right? I'm a pretty good worker. I'm putting in 12 hours. I'm enduring the heat of the, of the sun. You know, so hey, this vineyard owner is you know, kind of getting what, you know, he's getting what he's paying for. You ever feel that way toward God? Yeah, okay. Heaven's good. That's, you know, he's being generous, letting me into heaven. But, you know, look what he's getting. I'm a pastor. I'm telling people, I'm, I'm like increasing his glory, preaching his word. No, he's not getting too bad of a deal here, right? I'm at, I'm at my workplace Sharing the gospel, having the lunchtime Bible studies. Uh, I, I give to the church. I'm, I'm underwriting missions all around the world. So, eh, who's giving more here? Okay, me, yeah, he's generous. I need him. They kind of need me too, maybe a little bit, right? Is that an appropriate place for us to be? Of course not. Of course not. We have nothing apart from the generosity of God. And, and the, so I think they're happy up until closing time, up until uh, they watch other people rewarded just as, as much as they're rewarded. And that then bothers them. This isn't fair. And notice, I, I, I find it interesting, they don't say they got paid as much what they grumble is it says, you have made them equal to us. You have valued them who gave you only one hour or gave you four hours or gave you six hours or nine hours. You value them as much as you value me? I give you 12 hours of hard labor under the sun. They are not, they cannot be valued as, as much as I'm valued, Right? 
And that's because they're thinking according to the kingdom of the world. And the kingdom of the world says your value is linked to your contribution. And your compensation is linked to your contribution. Right? And the king, in the kingdom of the world, we like to be able to line people up and establish the pecking order and say, I can tell you, uh, you know, if you tell me the contribution that everyone in this room makes, I can line you up in order of importance, right? And in order of what you're, how you're going to be rewarded. That's the way the world operates, and that's what they're thinking. But the, the point that Jesus is making in this parable is that in the kingdom of heaven, there is an unpredictable element at work, and it's the, gra- the graciousness of God, his generosity. And he's, he's always messing up the lines, right? He, that's why Jesus says, and the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. What he's saying is that we can't predict the radical generosity of God and God, because he can just choose to be generous willy-nilly, apart from our effort and contribution, he can reorder the line and say, you go over here and you go over here. And to the world, that is not fair. And when we're worldly-minded, that irritates us. But that only irritates us when we forget a few things. Number one, we forget that I too am a recipient of God's generosity. Does anybody get to heaven because of their hard work and their goodness and and their effort? No. No one is in in heaven because they earn heaven. That Bible is very clear. We're in heaven because God in his mercy... And in his love and in his generosity came to earth in the person of Jesus Christ and he hung upon the cross and he paid the penalty for our sins. And if we repent of our sins and place our faith in his son, our sins are taken away as far as the east is from the west. They're remembered no more. The spirit of God dwells within us and that same spirit that brought Christ forth from the dead will bring us also forth from the dead. It's the generosity of God that we all depend on in order to get to heaven. And we have to remember, I am a recipient of God's generosity. Secondly, we have to, the Bible tells us we're supposed to care for our brother and our sister and rejoice in their happiness. And so when when God is generous to uh, someone else and they don't deserve it, I shouldn't uh, begrudge them that. I should celebrate that. And then finally, we have to remember that uh, it's all God's, <laughs> right? And, and that's what the master, the master says here. He's like, <laughs> uh, I can choose to give people whatever I want to give them, right? It's my money. You're going to complain about how I, if I want to give somebody something they didn't earn? That's just being generous. Are you going to complain about that? I mean, their grumbling suggests that the vineyard owner has done something wrong. I haven't done anything wrong. I gave you everything I promised I'd give you. And so why are, but, 
but who are you to complain uh, about me being generous with what I own, right? Everything uh, that we have that is good comes from God, and, and it's God's. It belongs to him. He's sovereign, and he says, I can give it to whomever I want to give it. I can be gracious to whomever I want to be gracious. What business of that is yours? And he makes a, he, he, he makes a point here, and he says, look, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. As it relates to you, I've given you everything I promised you. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I haven't done you any wrong. I've given you everything I promised. Now, this is a, this is a truth uh, that we will never get less than God promises us. And you know what? God does, does promise reward for sacrifice for his kingdom. Uh, so being a pastor, you know, I, hey, I believe, it's not just being a pastor, I'm using myself as an example, but I believe there are rewards attached with making sacrifices today for the kingdom of God. I believe that because the Bible promises that. And God will come through on those promises. In fact, this whole parable is a response uh, by Jesus to a question Peter asks. And the background is this. Jesus has just invited the rich young ruler Sell everything you have, give it to the poor, come follow me, and you will have treasure in heaven. He's making him the offer. And if, and if he had heard uh, Pastor James's sermon a few weeks ago, he would have recognized that gaining the kingdom is worth selling everything. But he doesn't understand that, and so he goes away sad because he values the kingdom of the world more than he values the kingdom of heaven. Peter, listening in, thinks, treasure? Wait a second. I've given up everything. I wonder what kind of treasure there is for me. And so then Peter said in reply, because he zeroed in on what's important to Peter. We love Peter. He asked the questions we always want to ask, but are too embarrassed to ask. Then Peter said in reply, see, Jesus, we've left everything and followed you. What then will we have? What kind of treasures here are you talking about? Jesus said to him, truly I say to you. Actually, Jesus said to them. All the other apostles are listening in very intently, right? Treasure? What are we going to get? Jesus knows Peter's not the only one with the question in his heart. Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. You will be rewarded, right? He's saying uh, you're, going to, you're going to be repaid for uh, the sacrifices you've made to follow me. And then he goes on, and this applies to us. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. Are there rewards promised for those who sacrifice for the name of Christ? Absolutely, a hundredfold and eternal life. Pretty big rewards. And, and those rewards will be given to us. Everything we've been promised, we will receive. Praise God. And so those are, in, those are intended to motivate us. They should motivate us. There's nothing wrong with that motivating us. But listen, compensation or, or uh, rewards for what has been promised is not the only principle in the economy of heaven. There's also the element of God's 
unpredictable, uh, undeserved generosity. And that's, that is uh, good for us, and that's the wild card. So someday when I'm in heaven in my mediocre-sized mansion, enjoying the rewards of being on mission with God and also heaven because I have put my faith in Jesus Christ and benefited from God's great generosity, I will be content until I notice my brother Luke's equally large mansion slightly closer to the celestial sea, and I'm going to say, what? He wasn't a pastor, and he skipped church sometimes to ski at Alieska. What the heck is he doing with an equally sized mansion? Right? And then God says, hey, I can be generous on him whenever I want to be generous on. Actually, maybe he deserves a bigger mansion. I don't know. I don't know everything that's going on in his life. So when I was 38, I was an associate pastor at Faith Christian Community, and I was uh, being used by God uh, in his kingdom, but I wasn't being used the way I really wanted to be used. When I was 18 years old, uh, with, uh, my devotional at the time was My Utmost for His Highest by J., uh, Oswald Chambers, and I remember writing February 1st, 1991. Unless otherwise specifically called by God, I will become a pastor. And God had put on my heart a, a vision and a burden, a desire to be a pastor. And in my mind, that was leading a church. Uh, that, that was the desire he had given me. And I, from that point on, was on a beeline path. You know, I went to Moody Bible Institute. Uh, and then I studied medieval history so I would know about the church. And then I went to seminary. And, and I went to Russia as a missionary. And, and I was... did church from that point on, uh, and took every opportunity I could I'd find. Now I'm, but I'm 38 years old, being used by the Lord, but not in the way I want to be used, right? Uh, and, and I look around, and I see other guys my age, some of whom came to Christ after I committed myself to being a pastor, and they're pastoring sometimes big mega churches. And so there's a part of me that's like, Lord... Uh, what are, why are you choosing to use them in the way I want to be used? God is 100% faithful to me. He's fulfilled and is fulfilling all of his promises to me. Uh, and I had nothing, I have nothing to complain about, right? But when I look over there and say, seems like they're getting a little bit more generosity. But God says, I don't apologize for that. I can do what I want to do. I'm faithful to you. And he absolutely is. And hey, fast forward a few years, oh, I'm getting to do what I really, really wanted to do. <laughs> Praise God. So let me summarize. Uh, actually, I'll say this and then I'll summarize this. You know, how are rewards given out in the kingdom of heaven? Rewards are given out, number one, according to God's promises. He has promises, rewards. You know, uh, I will reward those who diligently seek me. There we go. Number two, rewards are giving out according to human need. Right? God doesn't pay us 
what we deserve. He, he gives us what we need. If we need a denarius to live, he's going to give us the denarius. And then finally, according to his generosity, which is the, the wild card that we cannot predict and control, praise God, because we're all recipients of a generosity. So let me summarize uh, what I think is the, um, the teaching of this parable. Number one, we never get less than what God promised. And number two, we always get far more than we deserve. God is generous. Do we recognize his generosity in our own lives? That's where we need to focus. He's given us everything he's promised, and he's given us far more than we deserve. Praise God, may our hearts overflow with thankfulness.